everybody. Welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad, episode number 84. I'm Eric Smith, and I'm sick, and here's always with Dustin Lopez. Hey, Eric, how's it going? What's up, What's up Dustin? Oh, you know, the huge. Yep, a bad, huh? Well, I'm not sick like you. I feel like you've been sick for like two years, so. Well, no, I was. I had a good stretch there where I wasn't sick, like of months. It was great. And before it was just a cough. This is now, uh, this is like a cold, sinus cold. Is that a thing, sinus cold? Yeah. But you were sick right before this too, though, right? Um. Oh, yeah. I had my the sickness after the shot, the one day. And mm-hmm. then I had uh I had a real t- I had a really bad migraine that I, I didn't go into work for, right? Yeah, that's what it was. It, Headache. Yeah, I think it was a migraine. No, I think it was this. I think it was the start of this. It was like the second day I had this it was last Thursday. Oh yeah, that's right. And I stayed home. Because it was this, but then also a migraine. This the weather, man. The weather in Cleveland has just been, yeah, tearing it up. Absolutely insane, and really, really does a number on my brain and the pressure on my brain and that kind of stuff. That could just be made up in my own head, but it seems like that's legit. Yeah, I think it's worst when I go from cold to warm, which we did last week pretty rapidly went from like a day of 30 30 something degrees to you know two days later and then just just in that day even that morning was 30 degrees yeah so that um yeah that's always fun for me well um lucky for you i have uh two really really important questions for you this week okay i'm really interested to uh to hone in on this um I want to get right into it. Is that all right? Sure. That's yeah. Let's do that. Oh, wrong one. May the fourth be with you, Eric. Um. So I don't. I mean, I don't know what kind of content you read, but I love Harvard Business Review. HBR articles are always some of my favorite things because obviously I'm an entrepreneur and I love reading about business. But I was recently um, really surprised by an article that was uh, that like spoke to our audience, which is parenting. And I was like, this is like so weird. And um, the article was, are you spending your parenting time and energy wisely? In a Harvard Business Review article. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just like so interesting. So like it really, really grabbed my attention. How come you didn't send it to me? Well, you know this is one of those things that I like I bookmark and I don't even like think about until, you know, Tuesdays. Mm. And so I'm just like going through my bookmarked stuff. And I forgot about this, that, you know, while I was um, last week, cause we didn't record last week. Mm. Um, I just had an awful reaction to the, um, to the second dose of the vaccine. Yeah. We missed a week Our rare in the, you know, since the pandemic started, we were doing real good. No. Every that week, almost dose, every yeah. week and a half ish. We, I, I mean, I released something every week for the last year, which was pretty awesome. Last, I, I mean, yeah, we, you, you've been doing really well with with making sure we're on top of things. But like, I could it's not. not always, it's not always the same day every week. Sometimes it's a Monday. Sometimes it's a Friday. But yeah, we, but we, we record pretty regularly. We try to now. Yeah, it's actually yeah. easier via Zoom than than it was in person. Right, but I'll tell you, it's. It's that that second dose really got me. It really did. And then I had to work that Tuesday night and last week was kind of rough. But um, anyway, um, so you don't want to talk about more about what the, the, the shot did to you? What was was it similar to what I had? Yeah, I mean, I had five blankets on me. One of them was a 20 pound weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't get warm. Yeah. I mean, I was just in really bad shape. Like even thinking about it, honestly, makes me so sick to my stomach thinking about how just awful I felt. And Melissa was like the day before or two days before. And she was, Melissa she was had a little bad. bit of nauseousness, but she was okay. pretty well set. Yeah. Cause she had texted me. She's like, did you get nauseous? I was like, Not really. No. Well, I mean, I, 
I thought like I felt a little bit nauseous, but I never was like, I got to run to. Yeah, I, I didn't have any of the same symptoms she did. I mean, mm-hmm. I was kind of achy a little bit, um, which was definitely debilitating. So, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I just wish that that wasn't the way that it had to happen to me. I was hoping that I would be one of those people that would have no reaction and I could be like, haha, you had reaction and I didn't. But. Yeah, it was just not not fun. I will tell you this one thing that came out of the whole experience, and um, I think I'm going to actually end up setting up a doctor's appointment uh, in the next few weeks because one of the things that um, is interesting about COVID-19 is how it affects the olfactory system and how you smell and how you perceive smell. Um, Now, one of the things that happened prior to getting the second dose and then happened again after getting the second dose uh, was um, my sense of smell getting messed with. And it could be one of two things I've basically deduced. Um, It could either be an early sign of Alzheimer's disease or it can be a a side effect of COVID-19 and having had COVID-19 or a side effect of the shot, but it really wouldn't make much sense for it to be the shot, even though it could, because I got the first shot and it happened after the first shot and it happened after the second shot, but not directly afterwards. You're still talking about the smell that you have in your nose? So the smell that I had in my nose was basically ammonia smell. Mm -hmm. And I I figured out that anytime the kids would have anything peanut buttery around me, it would trigger this awful smell of vinegar or like ammonia Mm -hmm. and it i thought that you know literally i thought their bag of bombas just went bad like i like put it up to my nose i was like oh my god this is awful i can't believe this and um and it turns out that if you google peanut butter ammonia smell um there's literally all these articles now for the past six years on uh, how scientists have found a way to detect Alzheimer's disease uh, using a, a, a sense of smell and that an early, a very, very early indication of Alzheimer's disease is when you have um, a ruler and peanut butter and um, basically the closer to your, your nose that you bring the peanut butter, uh, your olfactory cortex, the part of the brain that, that processes smell, essentially, uh, that's the first area of the brain to deteriorate in Alzheimer's. Mm. And so um, basically, um, if you rule out like sinus infection and stuff like that, um, or in my case, COVID-19 or the COVID-19 shot, you know, mm. um, basically you you blindfold yourself and you hold one of your nostrils closed and you put the peanut butter, you know, closer to from the bottom of the ruler, um, you know, and if it gets more intense, even as you bring it up to your nose, but essentially 12 inches away, um, then you figure out uh, and then you do the other nostril. Um, and if you if you have a difference in the sensitivity, then, you know, all these different aspects to it. This is the first essentially smell test for early stage Alzheimer's. So it really got me concerned. Could just be a COVID-19 thing, but uh, obviously I want to go to a doctor, uh, somebody in, you know, the neuroscientists kind of field. Wait, when did you read that article? Uh, That was after I smelled it the second time. Mm. Um, It wasn't even the second time. It was like the second major time that I started doing research on it. Because I kept the first time I thought it was vinegar. I kept saying vinegar, vinegar, vinegar. But the right. more I the more I smelled it, it was like this isn't vinegar. This is more like ammonia. And so I I Googled ammonia peanut butter smell. And and then that's when all these articles started popping up about Alzheimer's disease and being able to smell peanut butter and how it smells like ammonia sometimes. Um, and the, and I didn't know this actually until recently. And when I started like really researching Alzheimer's 
is that the sooner you know that you could potentially have Alzheimer's, uh, the, the faster you can slow down the progression of the disease. Mm -hmm. So if, for instance, I was an early candidate for Alzheimer's disease, I could actually slow the, the progression of the disease at this stage in my life. Right. So why haven't you booked a doctor's appointment yet? Uh, I'm going to. I just I haven't really gotten to that um, in the last several days. I haven't really gotten to that. But I mean, this this is that's relatively I mean, new. I mean, in the last week or yeah. so. Well, that, I mean, that should be like number one in your priority list, I would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that in the next couple of weeks I will have an appointment and I will talk to a doctor about this. The fact that it could that you know sense of smell and taste are drastically affected by COVID-19 patients. Uh, and I've heard of people after getting the second shot having some adverse reactions in terms of smell and yeah, taste. Yeah, but the thing that you described sounds so specific. It does, it, but it's it also similar. So there's there's actually a condition from the uh, COVID-19, which is, you know, loss of smell. Um, but there's a small number of patients uh, that experience an, an, anosmia or something like this, hmm. which is, um, you know, basically, um, you know, this loss of smell, but there's a, there's a smaller percentage of people that have very different smell aspects um because the the COVID-19 can you know there's a layer of skin in your nose uh that affects you know this kind of stuff so in any case um, yeah that was so, a complete diversion from what yeah we were, you, we were talking about the Harvard Business Review article yeah I'll get back to that in a second I'll just I'll just say this last thing um that after going through the, the, I mean, I don't think that we're short on opinions here. Um, and I just thought that it would be, I mean, probably most people could guess this, but uh, I'm a big advocate for uh, even going through what I went through with the second shot and the side effects. I think it just needs to be stated. It was 100% worth it to know that I'm now to a certain degree immune to any serious side effects of contracting COVID-19. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> there was um, someone that I follow on Twitter here locally. She posted this morning about like, oh God, all of your, all of these terrible stories about the second shot are making me not want to go get it. And this is someone local to Cleveland, just some, just a regular woman. She got, 1600 responses from people on Twitter um, because we you don't hear about the people that aren't having any symptoms or stuff because they don't have anything to complain about so they're not going to be like hey I got it it was great I didn't nothing happened you're, you're not you're just not going to hear that it's just like with um, like reviews at restaurants you're you're always going to hear the negative ones but you're not always going to hear the positive ones um, but even even that slight chance of you know getting sick for a day is completely worth it. Yeah, and I think the when I look at side effects of the vaccine, and I look at side effects of getting COVID nineteen, like you have a when you have COVID nineteen, you have a twenty one percent chance of developing a blood clot. Mm -hmm. If you get the vaccine you are like a 0.02% or something like that. I don't know what the exact statistic is, but it's like far less, like yeah, drastically less. Johnson and Johnson, it was like six people in total had blood clots from it. Like, Yeah, but like when, when I read about the fact that 21% yeah. of people that don't get a, um, a shot will, and they contract COVID-19, 21% get a blood clot, that's freaking insane. Mm-hmm. So get your freaking shot. That's my whole point. Yep. Um, I would say, uh, let's get back to the Harvard Business Review. I have two questions for you. Um, 
first question is, what are your contributions uh, in terms of defining your role as a parent? What are your contributions and what is your passion? And when framed this way, I've probably thought about this independently of one another, but I thought it was so interesting to think about you know, defining what I contribute to my family and to my, my kids, right? And then what am I passionate about when I hang out with them and when I'm doing activities with them and, and stuff? Like one thing I know about you is that you really like taking the kids to the zoo. That's mm. something you're passionate about, right? Mm. I'm really passionate about um, reading to my kids, right? That's something I really enjoy. Um, and they get enjoyment out of it. Even Solomon is starting to flip through books and stuff. It's really kind of neat. Um, but so with these two things, um, you know, when you're talking about contribution, you know, what activities do you do? Um, what tasks do you perform? Uh, what types of support uh, do you provide that your child values the most right now? Um, and you can answer this for each one of your children individually. Similarly, you can do the same thing with, you know, what are your passion? What are you passionate about? Which activities and tasks and types of support give you the most motivation and inspiration and energy as a parent. And basically what they what they do in this article is they create a matrix out of it. It's so freaking amazing. Um, I want to bring up just for our um, patron people. Share screen. Is it this one? Yeah, I'm just going to share this. So they did this matrix. Can you see this? Mm -hmm. So they did this matrix, right? And um, they put... Can you make uh, it bigger just so... Make that window bigger. Make the window big. Maybe I'll just zoom in. Yeah, but you can make the, the window bigger also. Just make the window your whole screen because you're not just sharing that. There you go. Okay. So they did this this parenting matrix, time matrix, right? And basically, it's four boxes and... Um, the upper left box is Q3. The upper right box is Q1. The, I'm doing this for the for the non-visual people here, the people that are listening. Uh, so Q3, upper left, Q1, upper right, Q2, bottom right, Q4, bottom left. And then basically, there's it's kind of like how you, you would have a Y and an X axis, except on the very top of the, the square is contribution, low on the left to high on the right. And on the left-hand side of the box, uh, kind of vertically, it says passion, low on the bottom and high on the top. And so you see this graph and it's like, this is so HBR, right? Like if you've ever seen a Harvard Business Review article, it's like, okay, of course they're going to plug in some sort of matrix or something like that, right? And it actually goes through in the article and we'll, we'll, I'll, have, I'll send this link to you, Eric, so that you can link it somehow. Um, but it's so interesting because it shows like things... Um, and like how you can, it says here, like guide your decisions or like it, you know, it's a, it's a helpful tool in, in how you make decisions, um, and how you spend your time as a parent. And when I started like looking at this, I was like, oh shit, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm passionate, uh, or if I'm not passionate about something and, you know, I'm also not contributing then I need to eliminate it. Like that's Q4, right? So an example of something like this might be, um, you know, uh, washing the dishes, right? I'm not passionate about that. I'm, I, I don't really contribute that. Melissa does a lot of that. Or like laundry, right? So chores around the house is something that I can reasonably expect to not be passionate about and not contribute. Those are usually Melissa's things. So I'm going to eliminate it to, or delegate it to the how, extent possible, right? How, how convenient for you. No, no, no. But but listen, I, there's a flip side of the coin. It, sound, it, it sounds bad when you explain there it. There is like a that. flip side of the coin, though. Yes. So like, for instance, Melissa, laundry. Dustin, garbage. So I noticed this in retrospect. I always ask Mateo, hey, do you want to go to the end of the uh, end of the driveway and get the garbage cans? 
Do you want to take the garbage out with me? Do you want to help me, you know, clean up this garbage on the floor? These are things that I care about, right? These are things that I contribute. And these are things that I like, I want to instill in my kids. So I'm already doing it. And most people are probably already doing this, but to visualize this and to say, Hey, look, prioritize activities where your contribution to your child and your passion match. That's like the highest priority. Like that's really cool to visualize it that way. Isn't it? Sure. I mean, I think so. Do you do something like this? And I mean, I've never thought of anything that I do like this at all. But it's now you now that you see it, do you think that you could eliminate or delegate to the extent possible? Mm, no, probably not. So there's you are what you're saying is is that you are equally as contributing and passionate about all the things you do with your kids. I don't think that's what I'm saying. Okay. So then there must be some things that you could probably eliminate or delegate to the extent possible. Delegate to who? Or it could be eliminate. Maybe there's something that June really loves to do with the kids and you know that's not your thing. And that's okay. So you just let her do it. And likewise. Yeah, I can't think of anything that here, let's go to some examples. So I'll give you a Q4. Okay. This is something that is eliminate, delegate, right? So these are low contribution, low passionate. Um, so what it says here is, you know, when things are busy or when you try to do everything, you can end up engaged on autopilot in activities that neither add value nor bring passion. This is, this passion. is, this is, Q4 is my daily home life. Well, that's what the whole point of the graph is. Yeah. But I can't stop doing all the things around the house because they need to get done. Okay. So that's so that, okay. Now go back to the chart, right? Mm. This is things where you contribute highly. So this is Q2. This is something that you do not want to do at all. You're not passionate about but you contribute in a really high amount, right? Mm. So this is where the, this is why I love HBR, is that you know, you're getting really great advice here, which is manage the energy impact and ask for help or delegate where possible. And when we go to Q2 on the explanation, activities in quadrant two can be tricky as our kids will have needs that may drain our energy. That's exactly what you just said. The answer isn't to stop doing them, but to minimize their energy impact or identify resources that can provide help. For example, Trust Carol me, realizes... I, I, have, I have minimized my energy for doing these things as about as low as it can go. Like the, coming home, feeding the kids, cleaning up while I feed them, uh, go take a bath. Like, there's there's really a night like during the week where I get to do anything else besides okay. taking care of all three kids and going to sleep. Okay, so let's just let's just put this out there. This chart right here is supposed to be a conversation between you and June. Okay. June's not here. Yeah, I get that. Mm. I can't delegate things when she isn't around. Yes, I hear you. I mean, I I appreciate this matrix, but I, I don't think it's applicable to my life at this time. Well, okay. Can I give you an example? Okay. Okay. So let's say that <laughs> um, one night a week, you know, it's possible for you to get a babysitter for three or four hours. Okay. And this is something that allows you to, okay, so don't, the money, let's just, you know, say the money doesn't matter at this point. You know, it's, uh, you'll figure out a way to make the extra, you know, 60 or $80 in the week to pay for this one night a week where you have a babysitter. And now you can, um, you can mitigate the amount of 
energy impact in your week by just giving yourself those three to four hours that now you have somebody to rely on for that, just that one Q2 part, right? Well, um, what do you think I'm going to do in those three hours? You're, you're, it's not about what you're going to do. It's about managing the energy impact. So maybe you find something that you are passionate about and that you can contribute highly in a Q1 that allows your Q2 uh, to be a little less overbearing. Does that make sense? Mm. Like if you read further in the article here. Well, and your assumption is that when I have some, oh, wow, look at that. Um, if I had three hours of free time during the week, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't just need to use that time to take care of the stuff that I've been neglecting on a day-to-day basis in the house, like cleaning the basement, cleaning the garage, um, cleaning my office. Something that I don't have time to do when I'm watching the kids and doing everything else. Okay, but you just said three things that were both that were all the same thing, which is cleaning, right? Okay. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. So it seems like at first glance that cleaning is something that is a low passion, not even contributing, right? Because it's just not getting done. So maybe it's not about insulating yourself with times with the kids because it's not about the kids the kids are not preventing you from doing something because you wouldn't be doing that anyway so maybe finding somebody to insulate you on the cleaning aspect as opposed to the babysitting side of the thing right that's what that's what would be the most help and that's where visualizing the matrix and saying okay how can i eliminate or delegate to the extent possible the delegation happens by insulating yourself and you know figuring out how to insulate yourself best for the things that you don't want to contribute and you don't have any passion for right so Mm -hmm. cleaning if the cleaning is that thing you don't want to contribute or you don't have enough time to contribute that and you're not passionate about it then you need to figure out how to insulate yourself in that role. Okay. So. Sounds like you got to figure it out. I think we've done a really good job of insulating ourselves to the best extent we can. Is it easy? No. My in-laws are gone for the month of May. I rely on them heavily usually for weddings and for you know, whatever else. So is it, is it challenging this month? Yes. Is it challenging, you know, this week or that week? Of course. But we, you have to be able to prioritize, you know, where your contributions are and what you are able to, to provide. And you have to make the adjustment. That's all I'm saying. I just thought it was interesting because, you know, if you continue to read the article, you you can see that you know again we talk about this all the time dialogue is really important um both with your spouse and your children and i think that if you feel like you're in control of things then you can be really effective and having kids is always like feeling out of control but collaboration with a spouse and your kids figuring out what it is that you know you can do the best forget about the rest or insulate yourself on the rest then you're in really good shape I'm going to send a cleaning person to your house sounds like you got it all figured out I'm going to send my cleaning lady to your house yeah how does she feel about cat poop because I haven't cleaned the cat poop out of the basement for about three weeks well, then you need to get down there, clean up the cat poop, and then she'll yeah. come over and clean up the rest. <laughs> you want to smell ammonia? Yeah, come on, there you hang go. out in my basement. Well, you you gotta. So we'll 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 end fifteen minutes early tonight. You can go clean up the cat poop, and then I'll send Jenny over your way. I don't want to clean up the cat poop tonight. Go sleep. When when are you gonna clean up the cat poop? I don't know. Some other time. See. 
This is why, see, you're not passionate about the cat poop. I mean, I would passionately like it to not be in the basement. You you know, I have one really, really easy solution for this. Well, I mean, we have been letting the cats outside and they are going to get eaten eventually. Get rid of the cat. Yeah, there's two of them. They're evil uh, creatures anyway. I, I, yeah, they're... One of them has been going outside since we moved here and the other one just started a week ago and I'm pretty certain they're going to get mauled by something or picked off by a hawk or an eagle. It's going to happen. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, I mean, I already told June to prepare for that. So, well, Let's just hope that doesn't happen. And they already, awful. they're already bringing ticks into the house. Yeah, that wasn't. That was, that's not a fun situation. We found a tick this morning in our bedroom. Not fun at all. Great. Um, was uh, Bo had a t-ball practice last week? Yeah, we. I saw that. Was uh, kind of disastrous, but that's kind of what I was expecting, anyways. Do you think any of the other kids are going to get uh, into it? Oh, I mean, some of the other kids were already very good. Like, they were really hitting the ball, and they knew exactly what to do with it. Catch the ball and throw it. Um, idea. He just wanted to talk to the other kids and play around. He didn't make it to first base when he hit the ball, and then when he when he was on first base as a runner, that's when he would run to pick up the ball after someone hit it. So he missed tonight's. I, I assume tonight's practice would have been canceled because it was raining and it wasn't. <laughs> and he's not going to make it to Thursday's practice because I have a wedding show. So he's going to have two more practices, hopefully, before his first game. It's going to be crazy. Um, what else? Ford, Ford is like w- officially walking around like crazy. Walking? Walking, like fully walking. When did that happen? Um, just in the last few days. I'm so Should yeah. I be? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch him walk around. Like he just uh, you can see how happy he is when he does it. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean he walked from the front of the house all the way to the kitchen today just to come see me. And he was he was wearing a backpack, <laughs> so helps balance him out. This is pretty good. Yeah, it balances him out. Helps him walk faster. Um, that's it. We had a we had his birthday party on Sunday. How did it go? It sounded it looked like it was a lot of fun. Oh boy, um, we had issues with the food. Because the Smith family can't order food without there being some crazy effing issue. We had, uh, how many kids did we have over? Like 15 kids or whatever. We were just getting sheet pizza for the kids. But we were getting a BB bop for the adults. And? Are you, and uh, so I ordered, it, I ordered it last Monday on the 26th. Ahead of time. It's like it'll be in the fridge a while. That might go bad. I ordered it Monday to pick it up Sunday, 15 oh. minutes before the party starts. I'm literally driving there at 2.30 to pick up the food. The party starts at 3. I get an email while I'm driving saying, hey, there was a problem. The store may not have received your order. There's something wrong with our system. We we sent it to them through a backup system, but they probably don't have it. Your your card has been refunded or it will show up as a pending transaction. This is while I'm driving to pick up the freaking food. Oh shit. So I call the store immediately and they're like, "Okay, let, we have to, to look into it." I give them the order number and my phone number and they called me back and I was like, "Well, no, while I was on the phone with them, I'm like, you can call me back, but I'm going to be at the store by the time you call me because like I, I was already coming there to pick up my food at two forty-five. and yeah, I get there and they're like, we didn't, we didn't get your order. We never had it. 
So I showed them my email with the order. The lady, like the store was great. They wrote down my, the whole order, ran back there, made it. it. Took them like a half an hour. Um, Probably a little bit more than that. They were very nice. I paid for it there. The same amount that I paid when I ordered it. And Any they discount? Well, no, I didn't ask them for anything because I didn't want them to pay for the mistake of the website. And this is a corporate issue. This is not a, you know, BB Bop at Crocker Park issue. So I was, you know, very nice to them, gave them the same tip I had already put in the website. And all my concern was right then was getting the food and getting home. So I missed um, solid 45 minutes of the party. <clears throat> and then I sent I sent an email on Monday to the to their corporate whatever feedback email address, just being like, "Hey, this happened. The store was great. I don't want them to be punished at all for this, but I want to be reimbursed." Um, so they emailed me back finally today, like an hour ago, saying, uh, "We're looking into this to see what happened. We'll get back to you tomorrow with an well, answer." They know what happened. They emailed you about. It. <laughs> I was like, "I don't look." I don't care what happened. That's for you guys to figure out on your end. I need to be like made whole. Like, don't you finding out what happened has nothing to do with my, me at all. Like you can, you can deal with me now, but that's just, you know, me coming from a customer service background. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what they offer. They better not offer me some like gift cards or something. You know, it's going to disappoint whatever it is. Maybe it'll be uh, free season tickets to the Browns. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say, Eric. What? Do or do not. There is no try, especially with parenting. Sure. Um. <clears throat> so that, that was a Star Wars reference. Yeah, yes, I know. Um, we, and for the party, we had, we had planned, a a scavenger hunt for the woods, but yeah. that they, they went out and started that when I was gone. And like, when I got back, I was like, what happened with the scavenger hunt? They're like, uh, poison Ivy. There's poison Ivy everywhere in the woods. So they all came back. Did anybody get poison Ivy? No, that's good. I, um, we had I went on a hike on one. I went on a um, a hike the other day, mm-hmm. and um, there's like a nature walk, and I got a tick off of my friend's collar. Yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive. Why you told me the story already? Why couldn't you just like flick it off? I'm not going to touch a a tick. Are you freaking kidding me? Not even touch it. What if it flew back on me? How would I know? That's ridiculous. No. You mm. trap it and you drown it. Drowned it? Drown. 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 Drown it. Drown, not drowned it. Drown it. Drowned. Drown it. Yep. Drown it. You got it. Okay. <sighs> well, um, you have a book? I do have a book. Can I say one last thing? Sure. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, how I feel like there's an opportunity at some point in the future for us to plan some sort of international parenting festival. Don't you think that would be cool? Yeah, with all the stuff that we have going on, you want to take on an, an international festival? Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. Like, you could have, like, like Dax Shepard speak, and you can have, like... Yeah, he, he spoke at the Dad Summit 2.0. What's the Dad Summit 2.0? Damn it, Eric. <laughs> this is what happens when you're not, uh, you know, in the know in the Instagram Screw and all that. you. This sucks.
That was Somebody two years my ago. Idea. Right after we started this the podcast. Oh, this is he just interviewed uh, he interviewed Reese Darby at Dad Summit 2.0. You know Reese Darby? No. The uh, the red haired guy from uh, Flight of the Concords. Sure. Plays the agent. He's really funny. They already have a podcast and everything. Yes, they have everything. They're at episode eighty one. Well, we're ahead of them. By they three probably, episodes, and we missed last week. We have to stay ahead of them, Eric. They probably started like a year after. <laughs> well, we were slow going at first. Okay? I know. The first year, we only did like 24 episodes. Man, they talk about TikTok, and they talk about parenting hacks, and they talk about all sorts of really cool stuff. Yeah, they probably have like, you know, themes for every episode picked out before they start recording. You should do that. I wonder what that's like. I wonder what that's like. Okay. Well, I guess I'll get to it. I get a sound effect or? Oh, yeah. I only have Star Wars stuff on here. Okay. Can I say something then before you do the sound? Oh, I want to say something about. Uh, so I forgot. So the um, you saw Ford's cakes for his. For yeah, it was freaking awesome. So. That was um, one of, uh, you know, a friend of mine and a listener and someone that, you know, I think Tony Howard, Mm -hmm. he had reached out because he was listening to the podcast and I was talking about, you know, we had to find a Star Wars cake and his mom, uh, you know, makes cakes and bakes and stuff Mm -hmm. um, just for like family and friends. And he's like, Hey, my mom could probably do this. So then we, you know, kicked around some ideas and I like, while I was texting him, I think I was going to the bathroom or something, or I took a shower and I was like, oh my God, he needs a Death Star smash cake. Mm. Because the Death Star always gets destroyed in every movie. That would be hilarious if that's a smash cake. And that was like a completely original thought in my head. And then I Googled it and people have done it before, but the um, the cake she made was friggin' amazing. It looked like so delicious. Oh, shout it out looked- to Jeanette. Um, it, yeah, the, the Death Star cake, it looked so much. Like I I had you know a picture in my mind of what I thought it would look like, and then it just looked incredible in person. It was it was amazing. And and the regular cake was chocolate, and it was good. It was, it was delicious. Everything, everything was perfect. So shout out to Tony for, uh, for reaching out after you heard me talking about that, too. Uh, yeah, and hello to Tony. I haven't talked to him in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, one th- last thing before we get on the um, on the book train here. Um, I just wanted to really put a conclusion. If anyone was ever wondering as to what one of the worst television shows of all time is, it's definitely lost, and no one can convince me otherwise. So just throwing that out there. Eric, did you just leave? Eric just left the show. Eric, where did you go? I think that he's pissed that I said Lost was the worst show ever. This is not good. I don't even know how to stop the podcast. And everyone is going to have to listen to me. Wrap this up. Oh, now he's back. Eric is going to go to his bookcase, probably to grab some crappy DVD of Lost or some sort of book about Lost and how it's like some sort of epic show, but it literally is one of the worst shows. You got to go this way a little bit. Yeah. You you know what would make that book even better is if it was in the trash. I love Lost. <laughs> you don't say the. You know what really gave it away to me was the Lost Encyclopedia that you just held up to the camera. I mean, this is the only this is the only like Lost thing that I own, but it was gifted to me by my sister because she knows how much I love Lost. Do you open it to um like is it alphabetized? And here's here's the other thing. This is. I've only watched Lost one full time. I've never revisited it. Can you just go to the W's for worst show ever? 
mm-hmm. and then it'll just title the look thing there. I I liked how it ended. It's not about how it ended. I know. I know. I'm just saying. It's literally I, the last three seasons. Look, I when it started, I never gave it a chance. I think I I finally watched an episode when it was in like season three. And I was like, oh crap, this is a good show. And then I went back and I caught up and then I, you know, I was current with it until it ended. And I own it on I own it on DVD. I think it's on Netflix. But I've never gone back to rewatch it. I would like to. Dustin, do you want to make that our next podcast? Yeah, sure. Was the lost lost rewatch? Yeah, I would love that. Because it would literally no way in any way ever change my mind on this. Why don't you like it? First off, John Locke is a stupid character. Uh, second off, the idea of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and I mean, this whole thing is just ridiculous. You don't know at what point in time you are ever at. You know, the the the, the writer of the show or the director of the show or whoever the hell it was is sitting there saying afterwards, like, oh, this is an alternate reality, you know, the the last the last, you know, season or episode or whatever is like if they, you know, whatever. I, okay, you know, I don't want to watch a show that isn't real. In twenty four, you you know that Jack Bauer is Those gonna are, do whatever. Different kinds of shows. This was meant to be a crazy science fiction fantasy show. Yeah, and it could have been something completely different. Could have been really cool, and instead, it wasn't. Mm. It could have been after the first episode, okay? After the tenth episode, it could have been a really cool show. You know what? At what point they lost me was the smoke monster, okay? The smoke monster was early on. I know. So I'm, I'm just over it. Hmm. Okay, onward to books. Today's book is The Lost Encyclopedia. It's not. It doesn't have an author. Because it's you want to know what the who the author is? Suck. Choo choo. I don't know what that means. The greatest thing. Like every time it goes to commercial or the the beginning credits, just you're thinking of SVU. No. Dum dum. That's dung chung. <laughs> okay. Give me a sound effect. Books. Okay. Well, as we know, um, it is May 4th that we're recording this. Uh, so Eric is, was wearing um, uh, Eric was wearing some Yoda ears um, I have my Jar Jar Binks shirt on you're wearing a Jar Jar Binks shirt I've been, I was wearing a Jar Jar Binks shirt all day today oh I didn't I didn't actually see that it's awesome look at this oh wow look at that one of the other worst characters in cinematic history. I, I don't disagree, but it's it's fun and ironic. You know there was a fan theory that he was a Sith. Yeah, that would have been cool, but then you'd have to bring him back. Yeah. The whole thing was a was a complete farce. Um, okay, well, anyway, uh, to the book. Um, this is a hardcover book. Nikki, remember Nikki and Paolo? No. You want to know why? Because the show sucked. They were they they could have done without them completely. That was a bad episode. A hundred percent. In the episode when Jack goes to Thailand with um, sure. With by what's her name? Bai Ling. That's a really bad episode. Sure. Um. Okay. This week's book is called Star Wars A B C three P O Alphabet Book, hardcover illustrated June fourteenth two thousand sixteen by Calo P Glass, who's the author, and Caitlin Kennedy, who's another author, and Katie Cook, who's an illustrator. Um, and this book is all about the ABCs uh, through the lens of Star Wars. Uh, you can get this on Amazon in hardcover 
on Prime for $6.18. Um, and you can experience the ABCs like never before with galactic friends who are hardly a bore from Akbar to Zeb. This nice little primer will teach you and make you an excellent rhymer. So Padawans, prepare, get ready, get set to learn the ways of the Force and the alphabet. Or you could go to Half Price Books like Wait. Eric and get it for $3.09. You didn't like Anna Lucia? No. The show um, is so great. I, uh, I actually started drinking tequila and sodas. because No, tequila and tonics with a lime because of her. And that's like one of my favorite drinks. Because that's what she drinks in the airport. I only she want isn't real. She's so a character on a show. At once. Did you do you remember like in the third episode when Kate is is in the the ocean and she's like washing yeah. herself? Yep, that's the best part of the show. Okay, well, anything else? Yep. All you everybody. All you everybody. That's the song that they sang. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? That's it for me. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Perfectly placed. On that. All right. Do you want to tell people where we can find us? Where? Um, at New Dad, Newer Dad, <clears throat> at the Bearded DJ, at Dustin on the Road, um, patreon.com slash New Dad, Newer Dad. And it seems as though Clubhouse is dead. Pretty much. I'm gonna have to take that off my front page. Well, that um, that that lasted much less time than than Blab did. Like they're Eric's still singing the praises of Blab. Oh my god, I miss Blab so much. Um, but there are like there's still the annoying clubs on there, like the build your podcasting, blah blah blah, and like all the multi the MLM people are still on there. But mm-hmm. anybody that was doing like anything that I enjoyed is, is like, like Rob's not doing anything on there anymore already. And he was like a huge advocate of it. Um, yeah. Clubhouse. How the mighty have fallen, Eric. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back into the last like five or 10 episodes of when our, where I had the message in front of them saying, just join us on clubhouse and take that out. Oh, well, P Clubhouse. Viva la Blab. All right, are we done? You're going to do your thing? Uh, yeah, well, you know what they say here at New Dad, Newer Dad, uh, every single week uh, since the beginning of time. Um, they say, be a dad, be a real dad, and read a book to your kids. See you later, everybody. Bye bye.